Um, so uh, again, good morning, everyone. Today we'll be uh, looking into this story that Alvin just read for us. Uh, I figured that is not very uh, useful for me to preach a message to mothers since there are only one uh, here. Um, so I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to take a look at a, a, a sister, a female character in the Bible, um, not just because it's good for our, our sisters here in our congregation, in our church, but I think we can really learn from um, this character, uh, character uh, Dorcas, and what we can, what 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 does it mean for us to live a Christ-centered life? So, by no means today's message is only uh, geared towards sisters, toward the girls, and actually, if if for if for not if if for anything else, actually, if us as brothers, we have so much to learn as well and to live a christ-centered life together so uh would you would you join me in a word of prayer and then we'll jump in the word of god heavenly father i want to thank you so much for your t- for your word lord would you teach us today god again we're so grateful for all the um mothers in our uh that are that you have given to us in our lives and lord as we look at uh Dorcas today lord teach us what does it mean for us to live a christ-centered life so lord we want to live uh as uh, with you as 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 the center of our lives so that we can glorify you and we can do your work in Jesus name we pray. Amen. So here's a story here in the Acts chapter nine, uh, up to this point in the book of Acts, um, that this, uh, most of the story has been kind of geared toward Peter's public ministry. He preached to 3000 people. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago and people, uh, people came up uh, more than 3000, but 3000 came to know Christ. We kind of, we've seen the gospel uh, progress through different cities, th- different towns. And then uh, in the, in the midst of all of that, we get a sneak peek of a, a more of a personal story, personal ministry that the apostle Peter uh, had done uh, to a, a sister named uh, Tapitha in Aramaic, but in Greek, um, Dorcas. And so we saw in this story, as, as Alvin read for us earlier, Peter was actually somewhere else. Uh, Peter was in Joppa in the city, and, and um, they, she, she, he was around. But uh, Dorcas actually got sick and so sick that she ended up dying. Um, but then there were this group of sisters around her, uh, knowing that Peter was somewhere close by, and traditionally, what happened is that uh, when a person passed away, you will bury that person pretty quickly. But there seems to be a case here that um, they they just miss her so much. But the West, as soon as they heard Peter was around, they uh, sent 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 uh, uh, to get Peter. Hopefully, Peter can do something to uh, bring uh, Dorcas back to life. And in fact, that's exactly what happened. Peter came. Peter. Uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of God, the resurrection, resurrection, resurrection power of Christ, he actually resurrected uh, Dorcas. And, as, and through that incident, many, many people uh, came to know Christ. And, and so what I would like to do today is just very simply to point out to us a couple of things that we see uh, from Dorcas that we can learn uh, to become a Christ-centered followers. A Christ-centered disciples. What does it mean for us to live a Christ, uh, live a Christ-centered life, especially in today's world when we are being squeezed and 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 by different uh, ways of this world? 
Uh, the challenge is to remain uh, steadfast in being Christ-centered in our lives. So just a couple, couple observations. The first one is this. The first, very first thing we see from Dorcas is this. Uh, Christ-centered uh, person finds his or her purpose in Jesus. By the way, I'm going to use majority uh, feminine pronoun today because of Mother's Day. So, uh, But please understand, this is for all of us, guys and girls, brothers and sisters. Okay, A Christ-centered person finds his or her purpose in Jesus. Acts chapter 9, verse 36, from the very get-go, we don't know much about uh, Dorcas or Tapatha, but one thing we know is this, that now there was in Joppa a disciple. Her name was Tapatha, which is in Aramaic, uh, which translated means Dorcas in Greek. Uh, it, 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 it would be very easy for us to go past that. But in reality, the word disciples simply means followers. See, what, what makes Dorcas so special is not because of what she can do to other people. It's simply because she followed Jesus. She was a follower of Christ. She is a student of Christ. She is not just a churchgoer. She is not someone who is just a, a pew sitter. She is not just someone who knows about Christ. But it says she was characterized as someone who follows Jesus. And it might seem like a very simple thing for us today. But actually, back then, there would be severe consequences. Remember, at that moment, Christianity is not anywhere near to what we're experiencing today. That is easy to come across people who are Christian in our society, particularly in our country. Now, back then, Christianity was still a small sect, uh, and most people view it as some insignificant uh, religion. But yet, everybody seemed to know, and in fact, uh, uh, the author of the book of Acts characterized Dorcas as a disciple. Some of you might have a, a little footnote under the name Dorcas. Uh, it, it, the, the, the name Dorcas actually means a gazelle. Like We see from this story, she is a woman who is devoted to God, so devoted and involved uh, that she would she, she literally jump around everywhere and, and doing good works to others. So she fills her life with amazing uh, work of God toward other people. But she does so not because that is her purpose. She does so because she is first and foremost a disciple of Christ. She finds her purpose in Jesus. And therefore, because her purpose is in Jesus, she went out and do many good works. She went out to do a lot of charity. She become kind to other people. She was full of good works and acts of charity. Though doing good works and charities are not her purpose. Those are just expression of her purpose. You see, for Dorcas, she find her purpose to follow Jesus. And that led her to do all kinds of good works. But for many of us, we're guilty of adding a lot of things to find purpose in our lives, don't we? Maybe we're trying to do good works to find purpose in our lives. Maybe some of us are trying to add a degree so that we can find purpose in life. Maybe we're trying to find another job. Maybe some of us find, uh, add, a, add another person, either through dating or getting married, so that maybe somehow I will find some purpose in our lives. Maybe I'll do some, 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 some charity work. Maybe we'll, I'll, I'll pick up another hobby. We're adding more things to find purpose. But what we know also is true is that through our experiences, the more we add, the less purposeful we feel about our lives, don't we? We feel more empty the more we stuff we add to our lives. Well, you think in our head that if I can add more things, 
I will feel more purposeful for what happened is actually reveal, expose us that that is not true. Those things, those people don't give us purpose. And I want to give you a secret. Just like Dorcas, you see, here's the, the secret I want to give you is this, is that you do not add Jesus to your life. Jesus must become your life. You cannot just add Jesus just like you add another thing in your life and expect that your life would be fulfilled, expect that your life to be pur- purposeful. Jesus Christ, our Savior and our King, is not just another person that you can add on. He needs to become your life. Galatians 2.20, it says it's Christ who lives in us. We need Christ to become our lives if we are to experience purpose, fulfillment, significance in this life. You see, Dorcas understood this. She wasn't doing good work so that she can somehow like, oh, like doing nice things to people. I now have purpose. No, she had a purpose already. And his name is Jesus. She was so filled with Christ. And now she has a purpose to live like Christ. And the way to live like Christ is to love those around her, is to do good works to those around her, and to meet the needs and serve the needs of those who are in need. I think during COVID, many of us, you, maybe you feel this way. Maybe you feel like you're tired of Jesus. Perhaps you find uh, yourself to be tired of Jesus because you never actually have Jesus to become your life. Maybe before COVID, you have added Jesus in your life. Maybe you have added Jesus in your life on your Sunday schedule. Maybe you've added Jesus on your life on your Friday schedule. You come and serve. You come and be a part of your group. Perhaps you've added Jesus in your life and, and spending a couple of minutes with him and praying to him, asking him when you're in need. But that doesn't mean that Jesus has become your life. Jesus becoming your life means you're going to surrender and say, Jesus, I'll do whatever you want me to do. If you simply added Jesus in your life, it might work for a while. And kind of like COVID, it, it, well, once things get tough, when it takes more of effort to need to follow Jesus, then you're also going to say, I'm not going to do that anymore. Because that has become a burden. You know how you can tell whether you have Jesus living in your life? Is, is Jesus a burden to you? Or is Jesus a delight to you? You see, you can, be, you can have Jesus as the delight in your life. It doesn't mean that the circumstances necessarily is a delight. But you can rest to know that your Lord and Savior still walks with you. He is with you no matter what's going on on the outside. And for Dorcas, that is certainly true. See, Dorcas is doing all these amazing things out there, not because she needs to do them to get a purpose. She had a purpose in Jesus. I don't know if you ever come across people who uh, are passionate about something, maybe a hobby. Like, I love coffee. I can read about coffee all day long. Um, maybe you know someone like Animate who loves a. Uh, collecting stamps or like basketball i don't know like a musical instrument and they will do they will read up on it they will spend hours upon it and if you are just a casual person who's trying to pick it up and kind of uh, dabble in it you it would it it would seem like so boring to you like why would you spend hours reading on something so nerdy about this particular uh, topic but yet when that person is passionate about when that becomes something a part of their lives nothing is too boring. 
you trying to get your hands on on that uh, on whatever that you're passionate about as much as you can. You're consumed by it. And that's what, to me, what a Christ person looks like. That person has a purpose in Jesus. They're consumed to want to know Jesus. They're consumed. They're not tired of, of Jesus. They will do whatever it takes to experience, to walk with Jesus and live for Jesus. And that's the first thing. A Christ-centered person finds his or purpose in Jesus. But here's the second thing we see from Dorcas is this. As a Christ-centered person, it's available to do God's work. I put this point second for the, for, the, for, the, for the reason what I've explained earlier. It is easy for us to think of a Christ-centered person or religious person. It's all about good works, but it actually doesn't start there. The good work is a good work or God's work that we do is a result of our, uh, us finding purpose in Jesus. But just because you find purpose in Jesus doesn't mean that you don't do anything about it. It must express itself in good work, especially what we will call those God's work that he wants to get done in us and through us. Going back to the story, we follow, in the beginning of the story, we saw we uh, entered the scene, Tapatha or Dorcas, and we get a description of who she was. She was full of good works and acts of charity. And then later on, verse 30, now we saw a snapshot of, of the type of good works and, and acts of charity that she did. Verse 39, all the widows stood beside him, him meaning Peter, weeping and, show, and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. We don't know what kind of good work she's done, but one of the good works she's done is she invested, she cared for those who are widows. She made clothes, she made jackets, tunics, garments for these widows. If you're unaware, widows back then have very, very low status in the society. They are often at the pity of, uh, they're often at the mercy of other people, other family members. Widows don't own any land. They don't have any uh, uh, possessions of their own. They are living by the mercy of other people. And, and seems to me, from at least from this short description, Dorcas went out of her way to make sure these widows are being taken care of from the most uh, basic necessity of clothing, perhaps to even more. You see, a Christ person, a Christ-centered person must and must be available to do God's work, even to those, even out, out uh, in spite of inconvenience. I think this is one reason why these widows are begging for Peter, Peter to come, because they felt a void in their lives. Here's a, qu- a good question to ask ourselves. If somehow we drop dead tomorrow, will people actually be concerned and, and miss us? Obviously, we don't do good things just to make sure people miss us, but would it impact people the same way Dorcas had? Recently, I got a chance to share with some high schoolers in a workshop and one of, the, of, one of my uh, favorite events, very morbid, but uh, one of my favorite events actually go to funerals. And uh, the reason why simply is because it brings a, a moment of clarity in my life. I share with them that the reason why I like to go to funerals is because it reminds me that one day all of us are going to be in that casket. And then people are going to show slideshow and talk about me. But when you're in that place, in that casket, you don't get to change what your life is about anymore. 
And I often wonder, what would people say about me? How would people remember me? Would they remember me as someone who served them, who have shared God's kindness and love toward them? Or would it be really hard for people to have to think of something, conjure up something, to make up something, just so that it will sound good? And here we see kind of a snapshot of that Dorcas passed away and you saw these widows whom she has invested in. So remember her. They were missing her so much that they, they wanted a miracle to happen to bring her back from the dead. That goes to show us when we have Christ being the center of our lives. It causes us, it demands us to do good works to others. I'm just so grateful this week as I'm preparing this message. Just think of the generations of women uh, uh, before me who have invested in me. I think of all the Sunday school teachers. I think of all the, uh, the ladies in the church that I grew up in, how they have loved me. They have loved me in spite of me. They have shown good works. They have picked me up um, for car rides, for carpools. They have uh, brought meals to my family. They have invested in me personally. Uh, even, even today, um, as an adult, as a, as a husband, as a minister of my own, um, they continue to pour into my life. They celebrate with me when things are going well. And they come and give me encouragement when things are not where things are not going well. They pray for me even today. There are times that they will they will let me know, hey, I'm still praying for you. What how precious it is that when people when Christ centered um, um, of brothers and sisters in Christ who continue to reach out to do God's work, so that I am being invested. That's one of the things I'm most most appreciative about the generation before us that we have uh, men and women, brothers who are so dedicated to God's work. I think that's one thing for you and I as this new generation to, to really learn from. The past generations, uh, that, the model for us, what does it mean to be faithful? You know, at, at church, whenever I, uh, for our children's Sunday school class uh, classes, whenever one of our, our Sunday school teacher, and they've been, by the way, they've been serving tirelessly week in and week out. And whenever they need one day off, what they, they will email with me ahead of time. And what's more amazing is they themselves would go find a substitute and prepare the substitute. So by the time they let me know that they won't be there in three Saturdays from now, they already have a person ready to substitute for them. I thank God for volunteers and, and Sunday school teachers like that. They are so dedicated and so faithful. And let's be honest, for, for some of us um, in our generation, when we serve, we might show up one week, we might show up two weeks, we might, have, we might need a contract to say, well, we're going we're gonna to just commit for a period of time. The generations before us, a model for us, what does it mean to be always available for doing God's work? And their faithfulness is the reason why, who I, is the reason for who I am today. And I would believe, I want to believe, and I, I know that for a fact that that is the reason why you are who you are today because of their investment. So I want to challenge you as we make Christ to be the center of our lives, let's be available to be faithful to doing God's work. Here's the third thing we see from Dorcas. A Christ centered person is a witness for Jesus. 
They are a witness for Jesus. When Christ consumes your life, you need and you must be a witness for Christ. That's something we've been talking about for the past two sermon series and moving forward. The importance to be a witness for Christ. You cannot be a Christ-centered person and say, I don't want to witness for Christ. Because if you're a Christ-centered person, you're about Jesus. Jesus is about a witness of the gospel to the ends of the earth. Look at verse 38 with me. Since, since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to them, urging him, please come to us without delay. Later on in verse 42, it says, and became known throughout all Joppa. This after Dorcas was, was resurrected, and many believed in the Lord. We saw Dorcas to be a witness for Christ, whether in death or in life. Imagine this, if Dorcas was not the kind of person, sister that she was, who was so uh, Christ-centered, who was so, uh, so loving toward those widows, those widows would probably not want to call Peter in to come and resurrect uh, Dorcas' life. And yet because of that, these widows get to experience and, and see the miracle of resurrection. So not only did Dorcas bless them when she was alive, even in her death, she gave an opportunity for them to witness the power of Christ, the power of resurrection in, in through her death. But even through her death and through her resurrection, verse 42, we know that people came to know Jesus because of the resurrection of Dorcas. You see, miracles is a display of power of God. And I love how this verse says, many believed in the Lord. It doesn't say that many just were amazed by the Lord. Many were just amazed by a miracle. Because quite frankly, we saw throughout the gospel, we see people were amazed by the miracles, but they were not believing in Jesus. So if you allow me to have a little, a little, a little a read into the verse a little bit, one of the reasons why many believe in the Lord, I bet is not just because they saw Dorcas from death to life, but because they saw the miracle and Dorcas you know, further on shared a story with others, what had happened. And it was not because Dorcas was a righteous person on her own, so she was raised from her death by herself, but it is through Jesus Christ, her Lord and her Savior. You see, Dorcas was a witness for Christ, both in alive, in death, and through resurrection. In every way possible, this dear sister was a witness for Christ. And there were countless, again, I'm using examples strictly on sisters. There are brothers who are doing the same thing. But since Mother's Day today, I want to use some sisters' example. There are countless of faithful sisters, Christ-centered sisters in, in our faith that give her, her life, their lives to be witnesses of Christ all over the world. Sisters who may be single for a period of time or single for the rest of their lives have given up their, 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 giving up their lives to go to places where uh, Christ has not been preached. I think of two great examples of the past, Amy Carmichael. Amy Carmichael was born in, in Ireland. She grew up in a relatively wealthy family. She was often sick when she was younger. But God had burned in her heart to go be a blessing, be a missionary. So at first she applied to be a missionary through the China Inland Mission. 
today uh, uh, more known today as OMF, Overseas Mission Fellowship. And so she wanted to go to China to be a witness for Christ. But yet, the China Inland Mission actually ended up uh, discouraging her, actually keeping her from, from going to China because of her physical health. So they turned her down because they were so worried that she will literally die. But that did not deter Amy Carmichael. Just three short years later, her calling to be a witness for Christ was so strong that she decided to apply through another organization. And, and just in three short years, she set sail to India. She, the moment she stepped foot there and she would be there for the rest of her life as a single lady, Amy Carmichael spent the rest of her life in India, serving some of the most uh, the poorest people on earth. She has been known to be the mother to the motherless. She spent the rest of her life spending time with, with, with widows, with orphans who had been abandoned by their children and her heart for them. And she didn't know why God had called her to India. But by the, by the time she spent time in India, she realized her calling was to be, to be Christ's love for these who are abandoned and disenfranchised. By the time she passed away, there are orphanages all over in the community that, that she was a part of. She gave up her life, her own life, to become poor so that she can be with those and provide for those who are poor. I can give you hundreds of examples of dear sisters who are Christ-centered, who has Christ in the middle, of their, in the center of their life, who are willing to do good work, who wants to be a witness for, 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 uh, a witness for Christ. And let me just take a moment to speak to those who are for brothers. Don't mean to be harsh, but there is actually way more sisters who are willing to make that type of sacrifice in the mission field today than brothers. So I want to encourage you, whether your sister or your brother, and particularly your brothers, I want to encourage you and, and learn from the models of these dear sisters that they counted the life as nothing so that they can be a witness to Christ no matter what is going on, no matter what they're willing to, well, no matter what, what that faith, that mission field will call upon their lives. See, a Christ-centered person, a Christ-centered Christian, a Christ-centered follow Christ will be a witness for Christ no matter where they are, what, what, what life stage they are. And here's the very last one I want to re remind us and, and, and share with us today through, the, uh, through Dorcas is that a Christ-centered person find his or her hope in Jesus' resurrection. That person's hope is never, is never in this world, but it is in the resurrection of Christ. Verse 40, but Peter put them out all outside. Peter showed up, put all the people outside the room, and she knelt down and prayed, and turning to the body, he said, Tapitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. You see, Peter performed this miracle. It was not because Peter has the power of resurrection. It was not because Peter has the power of, of performing miracles. This resurrection happened is because of the power of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Peter simply is the mouthpiece to proclaim that power uh, to be upon Tapitha, to be upon Dorcas. 
Peter has no power whatsoever. If Peter was not proclaiming through the power and the hope of Jesus Christ's resurrection, he can say all he wants, tap of the rise, tap of the rise. He can yell as loud as he could, and nothing could happen. And the only reason why Tabitha arise and was resurrected was simply because of the power and the hope of Jesus' resurrection. And here is the good news for you and I. God is still in the business of resurrecting life. Jesus is still in the business of resurrecting today as he was back in Peter's day. I want you to pay attention here. God is not done with you. God is not done with me. God wants to do some resurrecting in your life and my life. See, some of us, we have dead places in our lives that need some resurrection. Maybe you have a dead uh, relationship with a friend, maybe with uh, family members. Maybe you, 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 there's, some, there's a dead career in, in you. There's a dead academic career in you. Maybe there's a dead bank account in you, a dead heart that you, you're trying to shield yourself from being uh, hurt again. Maybe you feel your spiritual life, you're very dead t- today. You have to force yourself to come on today. Maybe for some of us, our ministry, our, 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 our disciples should feel very dead. But here's the good news. Whatever that we feel dead, God is still in the business of resurrecting all dead things. He's not done with you, and he's certainly not done with me. Just like what Peter had done to Tabitha, Jesus today, I want you to know, Jesus today wants to resurrect whatever dead that is dead in you. But the question for us is this, are we going to believe in him for that? If COVID revealed anything, is that it reveals a lot of hopelessness in our lives. A lot of hopelessness. Perhaps you feel like you've given up on what God can do in your life or in this world. Maybe somewhere along the way, things are not moving the way that you thought God would move. Things move from bad to worse. And you're wondering, God, where are you? And you stop believing. You stop believing that the power of the resurrection can be strong, is, is stronger than whatever deadness that you're feeling in your life. And my encouragement today is this. If Christ is the center, if you have surrendered your life to Jesus, he wants to do some resurrecting today. He wants to do some resurrecting in you. But will you put your faith in him? Would you trust him that even it feels like things are dead? Will you open your heart and open your hands and say, Jesus, would you resurrect this today? Just like Jesus was resurrected from the tomb and raised three days later, Jesus wanted to do the exact same thing in your life and my life. But for those of you who may not have put your faith in Jesus, Jesus wanted to do a better resurrection than just resurrecting dead things here in this world. You see, everything in this world will pass away. One day I will be in that casket that I said earlier. My relationship in this world will disappear. There are only three things that will last for eternity. God, his word, the souls of people. Your soul and my soul will last for eternity. 
And the best kind of resurrection that Jesus wants to give us is not just resurrecting relationship, those that are good. It's not resurrecting my, my, my grade. It's not resurrecting my, my career. It's not resurrecting my house. He wants to do that. He, he might be able, he might want to do all of that. But more importantly, he wants to resurrect my soul because all of us have a corrupt soul because of sin. And Jesus the reason why he resurrected from the dead to life is because he wants to ultimately resurrect our soul. To wash it clean again from sin so that it can be as white as snow. And know, and then we get to spend eternity with God forever. And so today, if you're with us and you are not whether on Zoom or watching on YouTube, if you have not put your trust in Jesus... I want to share this good news with you that Jesus' resurrection is for you today. There's not a surprise. So why are you here today listening to this? And you might be thinking, oh, that's great that Tapitha can be raised from the dead. But even then, one day she will pass away. But our soul lives on. And here's the thing about our soul. Where we are in eternity does not determine after we die. It is determined by, by uh, right now while we're still living. The Bible tells us those who surrender their lives put their faith in Jesus. Even after our physical death, we will be resurrected. We will be assured and guaranteed to be blameless before God for all of eternity. And so that, that decision is made now, not later. And so if you want to put your faith in Jesus, I want to encourage you to pray with me. In a minute, I'm going to pray for us. I want you to pray with me. And if you did follow and pray with me and receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior and follow him, um, please reach out to, to me afterwards so that we, uh, I can follow up with you and answer any questions that you might have. But through Dorcas today, we learn that a Christ-centered person have a purpose in Jesus and not in earthly things, even good things. A Christ-centered person is always available to do good works to others. A Christ-centered person is a witness for Jesus Christ, even if it costs them something. And lastly, a Christ-centered person finds his or her hope in Jesus' resurrection. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for this time that we can have in your word. We can worship you. Thank you for being our hope. Without you, we don't know how we can make sense of this world. We live in a broken world. We live in a broken lives. And so, Lord, I pray for every person earlier when I, when I was sharing how there are dead things in their lives and they resonated with that. Lord, maybe there are things in their lives that they feel like it is so dead it cannot be revived. So Lord, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the resurrection, that you will resurrect those dead areas of our lives. Lord, give us faith. In Jesus Christ, you're the author. You're the perfecter of faith. Give us faith to believe in you. We're, we're, we're places that in, in, in our hearts that we, we have lost faith. God, help us to experience you anew, just like Dorcas, just like those widows, that we can have fresh experience of how your immense power even bring dead things to life. God, right now, I want to lead those who want to come to know you, those perhaps who felt far away from you, but they've never given, uh, given their lives over to you. 
So if you are one of if you if you find you are one of those people that you want to give your life to Jesus, follow me as I pray. You can follow me and you pray in your own heart. Dear Heavenly Father, I was I was lost, but today you told me that you can be my God, you can be my life. God, I sinned against you before, whether by what I do, what I say, what I think. I don't want to live that type of life anymore. I don't want to be the, the king of my own life. So today, God, I want to come before you. God, I want to take off my crown and give you my crown. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died on the cross to wash away my sin. I believe in the resurrection, that you have overcome even death. So God, I want to experience that power of resurrection in my life. Not just in this world, but for all of eternity. So Jesus, we, I want to call you as my Lord and Savior today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your love. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.